Hello and welcome back to West Coast Roundup Season 2. I'm your host Sam Blon. On Twitter I go by WCC Basketball Expert. And we're back. Uh, first games just ended for a West Coast Conference. Everyone just finished their first games as this is uh, November 11th. And so I'll, this season we'll be going into power rankings every week. I'll be giving updates on games and some quick notes I have since... You know, not much is known about these teams. These are all their first games against uh, Division One teams, except for San Diego. So give you a little guide to what to expect from these teams and what I noticed. I'll give you some quick hitter recruiting news for each team, and then I'll be doing a top five or top ten list. Uh, this week, it will be a top 15 freshman list. I'd do 15 because the recruiting class this year was so good. All right, let's get into it. Power rankings. At number one, I have Gonzaga. Number two, I put BYU, which is the same exact two teams. They did both didn't move spots. I had them there in my pre-preseason rankings, or way too off. So I had I kept that the same. But three, there was a little bit of a change. St. Mary's looked dominant in their win. Shootings back in Dukas, they looked good. I put them up to three. San Fran, I had them five. They moved up to four. I thought they looked really good in their game. A lot of depth there. The biggest difference is that interior of San Fran is so much better with the transfers they got. At number five, I have LMU. A little bit of an overreaction, I think, because, you know, I was so high on them, but they lost Chattanooga. Not a bad loss whatsoever. They'll still make the tourney, but I just, I don't know. The, the offense didn't look good there, but I expect them to bounce back. They were down Douglas, who I have as an all-West Coast Conference player. I think they'll come back up the rankings. At number six, I have Santa Clara. They didn't change spots. Seven, I have San Diego. And eight, Portland. Both of them moved up two spots. I liked what I saw in both of their games or heard for the Portland game because I couldn't watch it. But both those teams look much improved. Pacific I have at the nine. And Pepperdine I have at the ten. Pacific dropped one spot and Pepperdine dropped three. Now let's get into the games and a little recap of what happened. So Pepperdine's first game was versus Rice. They lost 63-82. First half was very tough, uh, toughly fought by Pepperdine and the freshmen really stepped up. But I kind of noticed um, when they started lo- Losing ground on Rice is when they started forcing shots. Uh, some of their players, uh, there was a lot of individual play. Poor shot selection for uh, who they are. Keith Fisher took a lot of threes. It's not his shot, but he kept shooting. Victor Ojea Obioha, he really tried to force uh, to make plays rather than just, you know, he's a role player. He gets his buckets off of pick and rolls and you know, it being created for him. So I didn't like to see him uh, try and create a shot too much. But freshmen played amazing. Uh, Mitchell, I know it's a little bit early to be saying this, and it's one game in, but this is going to be my overreaction. He gives me some Colby Ross vibes. I, It's a little bit early to be saying that, but he has a really smooth game, likes to get his teammates involved. I, I was impressed with what I saw from him. And the other freshman that was impressive was Millette. Houston Millette looked incredible. He was a very talented scorer. A secondary score from the point guard position that Pepperdine hasn't had in a while. They've been ra- lacking in recent years to see him, and he was also able to involve his teammates, and he did a little bit of everything. Defensively good, he got a couple steals. I mean, he was doing everything for Pepperdine. So Millette looked very impressive. Definitely the player of the game in that game versus Rice. Uh, we'll see how they do. But, I mean, Pepperdine, uh, second half was not pretty. Um, they got ran through the gym a little bit in the second half. But... It's gonna, and I feel like that might be the tone of the season. They're a very young team. This is back to back games now. Point Loma game, I didn't want to overreact with. They had a lot of people out, so I wasn't. I wasn't too sure, but I mean, it, it's 
not too good when you lose your first two games almost both by 20 in each game. But I think they'll, they'll be better as the season goes on. It's a young team. This is a very young team. So I think as they keep playing, they'll obviously get better. I mean, you have a lot of freshmen. They're also out, Braun Hartfield and Maxwell Lewis. Maxwell Lewis, I one, one of the top freshmen coming into the conference. He's the Pepperdines, one of their highest recruits they've ever gone. So not having him was big. And then Braun Hartfield, I mean, he was all West Coast Conference uh, honorable mention two years ago. So they didn't have him in that game. So there's there's a lot of potential for Pepperdine to get better. But at the moment, it didn't it didn't look too encouraging. But, I mean, that's the, that's the season. I think uh, there's so much talent on this team, and the future's really bright for them. But for this season, I, I would be just looking for the players to improve. I think that's kind of what you're looking for from Pepperdine rather than having too high of expectations. What I'd be looking for as a fan is to really see those freshmen and some of their younger players improve as the season goes on. On to the next game, Gonzaga. They won 97-63 versus Dixie State. Uh, Holgram's ability to disrupt shots is incredible. Um, he will be averaging over three blocks a game, I think, easily. Whether he can stay healthy or not, I don't know. He is very skinny. Um, but then the other freshmen look good, too. I mean, Salas looks like a yai, but more athletic, and the sh- shot's not quite there. But his game style or gameplay, the way he plays, is very similar. He's an offensively or he, he's a good rebounding guard who also makes cuts off the ball and likes to play around the hoop. So very similar to Yai there. Um, the offense isn't quite there. They um they did not look fluent uh fluid on offense. The offense was very like no movement. It wasn't very impressive. It wasn't the Gonzaga offensive uh, old, and they didn't really push it in transition as much as I expected them to since they have so many guards that can dribble and people that can dribble. They didn't really push it like they were were last year. So it was interesting, but the team's very deep. Need to get better at threes, too. Just the three-point shooting's not there. And I think shot selection wasn't very good, too. I mean, the offense is really a big concern I have for Gonzaga. Defensively, this looks like their best team since... Nigel Williams-Goss defensively. I think the potential for them defensively is incredible. But as for offensively, they aren't quite there yet. I mean, the three-point shooting isn't there. They're bad shot selection. I think it's mostly because, I mean, inexperience plays a little bit of a factor. You know, got a lot of young players, a lot of players um, meshing together. So I think it'll get better as the season goes on. But at this moment, you got the gauntlet coming up for them in Texas, UCLA, and Duke. Those are going to be real challenges, I think, right now with um, how they looked. But it's one game. Don't want to overreact. Just some quick thoughts. Portland, Arizona State, unfortunately wasn't able to watch that game, but had a source at the game. He told me Meadows and Austin looked really good. The bench and even Shantae Leggins, a lot of energy from them. Uh, really are changing the way that Portland was because if you watch Terry Porter when he was coaching there, I mean, I don't think he would say words during games. You just kind of let them play, and he didn't look like he cared but Shantae lot of energy the bench was energetic also heard Wood and Sojlin great floor spacing fours um Sojlin didn't he went one for six from three but heard the shot looked really good and that almost everyone looked like it was gonna go on I, I mean Legan said he was the best three-point shooter he has ever coached so I think as he gets on as season goes on you'll really see him uh I think he's gonna prove to be one of the best shooters in the conference the centers I mean Silviera didn't expect much of him. I didn't expect him to play too much. And Vucinovic, Vucinovic uh, is getting the start right now. Freshman, so, I mean, you're going to want to see growth there. But obviously, as a freshman, uh, you don't want to expect too much. And there's obviously room for improvement. But, uh, yeah, I mean, 
he's getting the start good for him. Um, he looked good in the preseason game, and he got a few boards. He started off hot, it looked like, in the Arizona State game with two rebounds, and, or seven rebounds and two points early, but then really didn't do much the rest of the game. And uh, another thing to note is Robertson did not play versus Arizona State, and he was an Eastern Washington transfer um, that was supposed to be one of the better players, and I don't know why he didn't play. I'll have to look into that. But that's that's a, a news. And also, they played a walk-on. A walk-on got most of the bench minutes in uh, Chica Naduka. I could be um could be mispronouncing that, but uh, I know his first name's Chica, and he got a lot of minutes actually off the bench, and that I mean that just shows Shante really I think values uh just players that are hardworking because I've heard uh, he's he's a very hardworking player um and just will grind to get minutes and some play time. So I mean I think Portland put up a valiant effort versus Arizona State, so I think they're definitely already better than they were uh, last year, and then. Next game, Santa Clara had a hard-fought game versus Cal State Fullerton, 84-77. Vrankic looks, dare I say, the best he's ever looked. Uh, Keyshawn Justice also looked good. Jalen Williams, it looks like they have a good little three-headed snake with uh, pipes being right there too. But other than that, I mean, I think they, the bench did not uh, look too impressive. They need to get more product, production out of them. Braun looked decent, but... Rebounding interior defense need to be better. Uh, Cal State Fullerton's a smaller team than Santa Clara overall, and they just got Santa Clara got out rebounded and could not stop them interior, uh, could not stop them from getting to the hoop and getting buckets there. So, I mean, for Santa Clara, I think that's going to be a big point of emphasis to improve. Um, Carlos Stewart seems like the best freshman. I think he's going to get a lot of minutes as uh, time goes on. I mean, he was Louisiana State Player of the Year, really good scorer, so he can, uh, play right away i heard in the oregon scrimmage they had the closed door that carlos stewart looked like the best freshman there too so i think he's definitely going to be someone to watch for santa clara as they go on if his development as a scorer and being able to contribute some points off the bench if that continues during the season they'll be a in a better position uh, for some post postseason play and also jordan williams you would like to see more of uh, what he was doing at the end of last year and producing for santa clara rather than what uh he did in the first game still first games lmu lost 64 75 chattanooga they kept it close throughout the game but they just could not get over the hump um especially at the end chattanooga just hit shots and lmu whenever they had a chance to tie would miss theirs it's kind of sad because i mean that would have been a big win for lmu um as for it doesn't it's not a terrible loss but definitely doesn't help them i would say it really, if they're on the if they're on the bubble, I mean, it doesn't look too great. Chattanooga's gonna make tournament, but I mean, having that win would have been fantastic for LMU start season. Uh, Lamage Lewis getting early minutes and he looks good. Um, in clutch time, he had a steal yesterday or yesterday, and then had a very beautiful bucket to cut it. I think down a two point game. So I think Lamage he looks very good. I had him as the Highest-ranked freshman coming into the LMU recruiting class. I really liked his game. Jalen Anderson looked like he took a step up. He looks good offensively. Cam Shelton. This is a guy that averaged near 20 points a game last year, but only took three shots last game. Um, I think he needs to be more aggressive. I mean, Cam Shelton's one of the leaders of the team. He's your starting point guard. And it's not even like he was getting it done playmaking-wise because LMU only had seven assists. So I would like to see Cam Shelton be a little bit more aggressive getting some shots he likes. I mean, if you're that good of a scorer, and he was great at getting to the line last year, so I would have liked to see him kind of 
impose himself on the game a little bit more. That seven assists is also real worrying. Real worrying. I mean, I'd like to see LMU, and this was a problem they had last year, was really getting into offensive flow. And if you're not passing it around, you're just doing, uh, I mean, not really getting the assist and moving the ball around. It's hard to score, and I think LMU, they get stagnant on offense a bit, and it just kind of, I mean, they missed a lot of threes too. Joe Quintana struggled, but that offense, I think, uh, Stan, I, I trust that will get better as the year goes on. First game, uh, and they brought in a lot of new players, but they also retained a lot. So I'd like to see them kind of get more assist and pass it around. And then also defensively, they only had one steal and two blocks. I mean, if you're not forcing a lot of turnovers on a team, it's it's hard to get back into the game. So I'd like to see them uh, be a little bit more aggressive on the defensive end and try and force some more turnovers. BYU, Cleveland State, I was also unable to watch this game, but I mean, read some stuff on Twitter and looked into it still, obviously. And Barcelo, this is his team. I mean, fantastic player last year. I always thought he was underrated, and now he's really looks like this is his year uh, to take over, and he did that versus Cleveland State. I mean, he led the team in scoring, and just 13 for 13 from free throw line was clutch, played great. BYU, Harward is out for an indefinite amount of time. It seems like he there's a possibility he might not come back because he collapsed or almost collapsed on the bench uh, during their exhibition game, and it turns out had to do something with his heart. Uh, so he might not come back. Might come back. Without him, though, one thing's for sure, they are lacking size. Uh, they will be a smaller team this year now that they're going to be running Loner, Triore, and Gavin Baxter's on limited minutes, too, their other big man. 6'9". I mean, they still have some size, but Harward was their big guy. Uh, he was their starting center, so that's a big blow. Hope Baxter can get back fine. Fusi Triore, though, he's going to make all-freshman team. Kid's a stud. Um, very does not have a freshman body at all. He's very well developed in that way. Um, just a physical beast, and he will be getting a lot of minutes for him. He's gonna gonna be thrown in the deep end here. Um, so they'll BYU will be relying on, relying on him a lot. But also they have a deep roster, especially at the guard spots uh, and the wing spots. Um, as you saw, Spencer John or if Spencer Johnson stepped up tonight, he was their second leading scorer in the game. But I mean, with Seneca Knight, they Spencer Johnson, Caleb Lohner. Trevin Nell, he struggled shooting, but he's one of the best shooters in the conference. BYU has a lot of depth up top, and, I mean, they're very athletic too. Ginny on George. So they will have to really learn how to play as a team and um, rebound the ball. But I think BYU, since there's so much depth there, I think they can make up for that uh, lack in size because there's just it's – a, it's a, they have so much offensive potential there too. And so much um, length on defense still with some of these players. And they're just athletic. So I think BYU will be fine. Great win versus Cleveland State. They were a tourney team last year. They looked good again. That's a good way to start the season. And now they have a tough game versus SDSU. But I expect BYU to win that one. St. Mary's. They're back. (laughs) They looked like they did of old. Just passing the ball fantastically. They played a little bit faster than normal. I don't know whether it's because they have so many ball handlers and Kuzi, Marcelionis, Jay Mullins used to be a point guard. Um, Dukas was handling it well, and then Logan Johnson. But they were playing a little bit faster than normally, and Dukas looked all-conference good. I mean, he looked really good in the game. Their leading scorer went 6-for-13 from three. His three-point shot just looks fantastic. He's super quick release, so it's hard to get up on him. He can just 
put one, uh, shoot it right in someone's face because it's so quick. You don't have time. And he was driving to the hoop, had a great putback dunk to start the game. He looked healthy again, and it reminded me of the beginning of St. Mary's last year, when just he looked really good. And they were, I think they were up seven. They were seven and two. They were they were really good last year. They beat Colorado State, who was on the bubble, and they smacked them. And then he got injured, and their team took a step back from there on out. The team's also deeper than last year. I mean, adding Marcellionis was a big deal. And I see, and I, I was saying it, but I wasn't sure after watching FIBA how much of a difference he'll make and how much time uh, he'll get during the year. But, I mean, they're going to they're gonna play him a lot. And he's going to keep proving throughout the year that he's deserving of those minutes. Kuzi and Marcellionis are some of the best passers in the league. They were making passes just incredible with men on them, just around players. They just were making the right passes, no turnovers, and the rest of the team was also moving the ball well. I mean, this St. Mary's team was impressive, and that's why I think they deserve that third spot. And I think even if LMU keeps going, St. Mary's just looks incredible. They look like a turning team, I think, uh, for sure a turning team. And I'm excited to watch them the rest of the year. San Diego won a 103-38 versus La Verne. I think they're D, they're not D1. Um, so take it with a, not a grain of salt, but obviously uh, you don't really know how they match up. So that game versus Nevada I will be watching because I am intrigued to see how San Diego does. But they looked better already. Uh, I think the offseason helped, and, I mean, these transfers they brought in are uh, good. Terrell Brown looks like an all-defense player. He looked fantastic for them. Um, if if the West Coast Conference had an all-defense team, I would bet Terrell Brown would be on it. I mean, he looked great. Three blocks, two steals. On offense, looked way better. I mean, just I think they have a lot more They have a lot more three-point shooting, and they have a lot more depth, and players just looked more confident, I think. And, uh, I mean, I, COVID really affected San Diego last year, and I think you can kind of see it. And then also Wayne McKinney. He was their top freshman they've ever or top recruit they've ever gotten. He's gonna get a role early. I mean, he looks really good. I've been high on him. I thought he was gonna he's gonna end up being an all West Coast Conference type player. And he's gonna have a role on this team. I think they're really gonna give him some minutes. And just yeah, the depth on this team. It was impressive. Uh I don't know. They probably they went to their bench a little bit more because they're playing such a big spread in the scoring. But I mean, when players did come in, they looked good. Uh, I think uh, San Diego deserved that two-spot bump up. And I mean, Jace Townsend, they just have a lot of experience there. Um, they look a lot better. San Francisco won 98-64 over Long Island University. The front court looks so much better. Uh, Tape, Masalski both look great. Even the Washington Strait transfer, I'm not going to say it's His name is so hard to pronounce, so I'm going to butcher it here. But I'll give it a shot. I think it's <laughs> Voldemir Mar- Markovetsky. Markovetsky. He looked good in his limited minutes. A lot of size there. And then Kunin looked great. Um, the pieces around the guards. So these, you know you had some of the best guards in the nation last year. I think that duo of Khalil Shabazz and Jamari Bowie is so good. And now they just upgraded around him um, with some of these transfers. Stefanini looked good. And the big men. Um, and then 
I think their offense has potential to be one of the best in the nation. I, I see why Ken Palm ranked them so high is because this offense is so good. Um, with Bouye and Khalil Shabazz running it, Stefanini, Rishwain, the shooting they have, along with actually some players that can you know, score down low. They can make their own shot down low. Um, a little bit of Jimbo, Jimbo Lowell like, and Masalski. And then Tape is just an efficient finisher. Does not miss often. Just gets it, dunks it, or layup. He's just so efficient around the rim. Interesting to note was Rivney, Revney, Rivney had a reduced role in the game. He was a big-time shooter for him last year. So it was interesting to see him have a reduced role. As I mean, you brought in a lot of players, and I expected Stefanini to take up some of his minutes, but it was a lot more than I expected. And um, I think San Francisco has the potential to beat anyone. You saw a little bit last year versus Virginia, but this year, I mean, if they can hit their shots, they have potential to hit a lot of threes, and they have two guards that are hard to stay in front of that can make plays for others. I think the San Fran team could surprise uh, a team if they got a shot in the tourney, but even not... In the West Coast Conference play, I think they're going to be one of the harder teams to play against. That's why I moved them up to that fourth spot. They looked impressive. Pacific is the final game. They lost 65-67 versus Northern Colorado, I think. Uh, yeah, and a close game. Went down to the buzzer. Uh, the guards need to step it up on offense. I was expecting Pierre Cockrell to take a step up offensively. I know he's limited from three-point line, but it would have been nice to see him develop just a little bit more offense this year you only had four points in first game and then their other starting guard uh wilson rouse only had one uh greg outlaw off the bench was their highest scoring guard or luca and of Av- he had 11 and greg outlaw eight but as for the guards overall i mean i think they need to step it up i mean they were really relying on uh, the bailey uh, anderson and freeman freeman looked good in his return his first uh game for pacific 15 minutes he had went seven for eight had 14 points five boards he looked good looked efficient i don't think they were really expecting him to take on that much of a scoring role but if, i mean if he keeps that up i don't think they can keep him out of the starting lineup i think that extra little bit of height would help him uh bailey and anderson both looked good not as efficient shooting nights for him but you can tell they're definitely going to be some other top scores and Anderson, Alfonso Anderson, I expected him to be one of Pacific's top scores this year. But I think Pacific, I mean, that's Northern Colorado is not a bad team. I expect them to be a top half of the big sky. They'll be fighting for a spot in the tourney there. A lot of shooting. So I think it's a good game for Pacific. And they really rallied a couple times in that game. So it's good to see a, um, see them fight back from adversity. Some quick hitting uh, recruiting news now. BYU got one of their greatest recruits for basketball and uh, college. Chandler, fantastic player. Gonzaga and a lot of other teams were in on him, but really it came down to Utah and BYU. And give credit to Mark Pope's staff. They really went after Chandler, and now they got him. So that will be big for them when they head over to the Big 12 because I think he's serving a two-year mission. So he'll be first year will be that 2024 season when they join. Gonzaga, as for 2022, a little bit quiet for them. They're really going after one player right now, uh, Anthony Black. But 2023 is shaping up to be a pretty big class for them. They're going after a couple players, uh, Jerry McCain, Dusty Stromer, Mookie Cook, and Jackson Shellstead are all four top 100-ranked uh, recruits that they're all going after. So Gonzaga's been more active there. And that's been a common theme kind of for a lot of these teams, I feel like. Uh, the 22-22 class you've seen, and this is all across college basketball, they've been committing earlier. 
So I think there's a lot less uh, players that are available that haven't already signed. So I think a lot of teams are focusing on that 2023, and then 2022 will be a big year for uh, transfers if teams need to bring players in. LMU, they seem very, they're like a prime example of this. They're very active in 2023, but as for 2022, looks like they've slowed down a bit. They were going after a lot of players, but now I think it's slowed down and they've really been focusing more on 2023. Pacific, Juco, it will still be a big part of uh, the new regime. Looks like they're going to keep bringing in these Juco players, and I think that's the strategy Pacific has to do, and there's nothing nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's produced some of their uh, best players, and Jaleel Tripp, and and they got a couple of JUCO players on our team now, so I think Pacific um, keeping with that is good to see. And then, and then uh, Pepperdine already have four future recruits committed, uh, most out of everyone anyone else, and they're getting high quality players. Uh, Javon Porter is a uh, brothers with Michael and uh, the other one, which I forget right now, but he's a big time recruit. Jalen Petrie they've had since last year. He actually reclassified down a year. He's a very athletic player, uh, very versatile for being 6'8". And then Malik Moore, they brought in recently, along with 2023 player uh, Eric Maywin, who uh, I can't, can't, can't find much about, but, I mean, I'm expecting uh, him to be... He looks athletic from the limited film I've seen. And then Portland, they're offering a lot of local people. Shante came in and said he was going to try and recruit the portland area and so far he's been really trying to do that he's been offering a lot of oregon kids a lot of local washington kids i think he's really trying to put in some pipelines there and also he'll stick with the international players as he got bull dang dang lit from australia in the class of 2022 he played in fiba he looked pretty good there um i think average around six points four rebounds he looked like a solid player and like someone i would say one of portland's highest upside recruits in a while as for saint mary's the recruiting i said 2022 was going to be one of their best year for recruits 2022 2023 and it's proved to be that ada mahaney came in one of their top recruits ever he was always rumored to go to san uh, saint mary's because he played with uh, randy bent's sons he's a fantastic player uh i am so excited for him to go there but then they brought in two players that Nobody knew they were even going after him. One in Harry Wessels, an Australian big man that's seven foot one, two hundred fifty five pounds. He can move for seven foot one more than you would expect. Um, and also, I mean, just Australia pipeline keeping that there. I think that's good. But Harry's a little bit of, uh, I mean, unknown. But from the film I've seen, he looks, he looks very good. Um, I think a little bit like similar to Mitchell Saxon. But the bigger one that they got that no one was expecting was Joshua Jefferson, a 6'8 player from Liberty, Nevada. He looks incredible. He Very similar game to Malik Fitz. And I would say if he came in right now, he would have the bid for a spot over Judah Brown when it comes down to their junior, senior years. I mean, I think he, I could even see him maybe pushing for a starting spot in the four at his sophomore year. I mean, he is good. Can uh, really dunk the ball, can really shoot. Um, I think he's very underrated, and I think uh, NBA was NBA draft um, guy Mike Schultz was at the one of his games and said Joshua Jefferson looks like a real steal. So I think he'll be ranked uh, very high come Sports 247's new rankings for the 2022 class. Uh, San Diego, they've been in a recruiting fight with uh, Portland for Cyprian Hyde and some other uh, teams are also in it. And 
he looks like a good player. We'll see, not much else is going on for San Diego. They've offered a few local kids, um, but I think transfers will be, be a big part for San Diego still. And then San Francisco, they've just been uh, – Point a little, they've been trying to dip their toes into the Portland uh, area or the Oregon area. They've been offering a few Oregon kids and Washington kids, so they're kind of going to be in a lot of the same uh, recruiting battles as Portland is. And then Santa Clara, they've been a lot more active in recruiting. I think the new arena helps or new practice facility they built helps. Uh, recently, they've had Kevin Patton Jr. visit, and he's a three-star ranked on Sports 247, and then he got an offer after the visit. So that will be someone to pay attention to if you're a Santa Clara fan. Now getting into the top 15 freshmen for the West Coast Conference this year. At number one, Chet Holgram. No real surprise there. He's supposed to be one of the top people drafted in the next draft. He's a very good player. Number two, Hunter Salas. Like I said, he has Joel IE potential. I really like his game. Super athletic. The shot needs to develop, and his cuts aren't quite what Joel is, but for a freshman, he is fantastic. Three, Caden Perry. Caden Perry just is that player that's always there at the right place right time i mean he and he's super athletic very similar people said he's very similar to brand clark coming in and it holds true after seeing a couple of his games he just looks like really athletic big man that just hustles the entire time always seems to be making the right play or being in the right place he still his decision making needs to get better but I've seen him talking to uh, Timmy, and it looks like Timmy's really been helping Caden Perry work on his post game. So I expect Caden Perry to be one of the best players in the conference in uh, one or two years. Number four, Nolan Hickman. Looks like Gonzaga's best defensive guard they have had, maybe ever. I mean, he is so good at defense. Offensively, he looked a lot more comfortable in the first game than in the two exhibition games. But... I mean, in high school, it looked like his jumper was really good. I think it's more of a – it'll just come around as the season goes. I mean, it's early. But Nolan Hickman looks like one of the best defensive guards Gonzaga has ever gotten, and that's what's getting him, I think, minutes, along with smart decision-making. But that's getting him minutes early, and um, I see Hickman – I mean, those – the uh, Salas I don't see leaving after one year. He might, but I see him as a two-year player. But Caden Perry and Hickman, I think, will be there around two or three also. And so that Gonzaga team, even after this year, will be uh, good again and loaded up, ready to go. Number five, Augustus Marcilionis, first non-Gonzaga player. This guy is the next big thing from St. Mary's that isn't from the United States. I mean, he's the next international recruit that just blows up for St. Mary's. He is so good. His un- ability to play out of the pick and roll and his basketball IQ is not the level of a freshman. It is It is incredible. The passes and decision making, he is so smart that I think St. Mary's, Randy Bennett, and is going to be inclined to play him more and more as the season goes on. I see him really eating minutes from uh, Tommy Cusey. I mean, he is so good. His passing is incredible. Three point shot is decent, so he can work on that. But as for like creating for others and even getting himself to the rim, he is surprisingly shifty and just knows how to put his body in the right place and get get to the hoop i i see him being maybe he's the next big uh international recruit guard for st mary's as for nba maybe <laughs> i i think that is a uh, to be determined six fusi triore he's right there i think he's an incredible player um didn't play much in the FIBA tournament, so I didn't know too much about him. I tried watching the games, didn't play too much, but watched BYU's 
or seen clips of it, and he just is an athletic beast. Um, his body is not that of a freshman. He looks physically as an upper looks like upperclassman level, and he is going to be a big part for this team. Um, he is easily going to get minutes already. I think Sean Paul on Twitter he said Fusi Chara is one of his most underrated recruits coming into the season, or one most underrated recruit coming into the season, and. He is not going to be under uh, underrated anymore after the season. I mean, as a freshman, I think he's going to put up good numbers. And he's going to be a big part of that team. And defensively, I mean, he's going to really have to step up when they're down their big men. So I think he will be an all-freshman team player this year. Seven, I have Houston Millette. He looked like the guy for Pepperdine. Him and eight, Mike Mitchell. So I put Pepperdine back-to-back. Those two, I mean, they're the future for Pepperdine. You'll see them for three to four years, and they're going to lead that team. Uh and they're both going to be incredible. Millette looked fantastic, and he looked like he could do a bit of everything. Um, I was high on him coming in. I mean, he was a former Penn State commit, so, I mean, he's a Power 5 talent, and he came to Pepperdine after decommitting from Penn State. He's a fantastic player, He's and him and Mike Mitchell, um, they are really looked fantastic. I have high expectations for him now. Will love to see Pepperdine in three or two or three years when they uh, really get going. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch them. Lamage Lewis, LMU nine. Lamage was my highest ranked LMU recruit coming in. I was really high on him. I thought uh, he was a little bit more developed than James Noble and Dave uh, David Elliott. He proved it. I mean, he's getting minutes right away. Looks good defensively. Seems like he's making the smart plays which is important as a freshman, not turning it over. And so, I mean, I think he'll keep game minutes. Could just be Damian Douglas is out, so he's getting some minutes now, and it might decrease over the season. But, I mean, he's looked good in the two games they've had. UCSD looked good, or he played well. And then Chattanooga, I think in his limited minutes, I was impressed with him. I thought he played well. So um, I hope he keeps getting a role as the season goes on uh, rather than a demission if Douglas comes back. But, I mean, a lot of mouths to feed there. Number 10, Maxwell Lewis. I think there's a little bit of biasy because I've seen all the other player, other people in front of him play. But I still gave him that 10 spot because before the season, I had him up more towards the 6-7 spot. So I dropped him after seeing some of the other players play. But Maxwell Lewis is one of the highest recruits Pepperdine has ever gone. He was supposed to come in and fill up that Kessler Edward void a little bit as he's a 6-7 guy, one of the most athletic freshmen, maybe even players in the conference he is so athletic and he's able to shoot too um i mean this was a high level recruit that fell through the cracks because everyone went for transfers and he was sitting there at the end of the the like end of the summer middle of the summer not seeing many options so it's um it was shorter list and pepperdine were able to get him so i have high expectations for maxwell lewis when he gets playing i think he'll uh, look impressive for him and i mean they have such a great trio right there uh, for the two, three, four, either the one, two, four, or the one, two, three, whatever they play Maxwell Lewis. But the potential for Pepperdine is so huge. 11, I have Wayne McKinney. I think he's going to be one of the top scorers in the conference in the come a couple years. I mean, I, I'm very high on Wayne McKinney. He's the top recruit they've ever gotten. I think he'll be a great player. Already he's game minutes for him, so he'll develop as the season goes on. Number 12, I'm going for a little bit of a potential player here. Atiki Ali Atiki um, did a great interview with Mitch Harper. He said he had offers from some big power fives, but instead goes to BYU for the family. 
I mean, when you have a 40 inch vert and you're like six or you're seven foot almost, or are seven foot, I mean, the potential is there. So if he, he's just not developed yet. I mean, he started playing basketball later, so he needs to catch up as for basketball IQ and just know picking up the pace of play, but the potential for him is so high. His body is not that of a freshman also. I mean, BYU got two players that are just ready to go. Atiki, though, mentally, I don't think he's there. And some skill-wise, he still has to work on some stuff, yes, but the potential for him is incredible, and I think by the time they get to Big 12, he'll be a big part of that team. Carlos Stewart, 13. Um, was told he was best player at the Oregon scrimmage for freshman. Got some minutes early, hit a three. Offensively, looks incredible. Uh, looks very developed. Can uh, score all three levels. I mean, Louisiana State Player of the Year. I think he's going to be the Santa Clara best uh, recruit. I had Max Besselink ahead of him, actually, but he decommitted, decided to go pro. Carlos Stewart, I think, fills that gap. I think he'll be a really good player for Santa Clara as they continue. 14, Majida Svetosarovic from Portland. I think Majida is going to be a very good player out of this recruiting class. I mean, 6'8", can shoot. He's athletic, I think, um, as he gets developed. And, I mean, Shante and his crew are very good at developing players. So I think that he will be one that you'll really see become possibly an all-conference player uh, come at his junior and senior year. And then 15, going Vasile Vucinovic from Portland. Already getting minutes. I think he'll be a good player for them. I mean, you know, getting minutes and playing time is key to development. And so I think Vasile Vucinovic and a lot of these Portland players, um, if they get minutes this year, they're going to develop. And I just see him uh, being a solid player for Portland when they get down the road. An honorable mention, I have a couple. David Elliott, as I said, LMU, very talented scorer. We'll like to see how it translates to college. Um, I'm a little bit worried about that. Shot selection needs to get better. Uh, he took a lot of shots in high school because he just relied upon. So a little bit of concerns about him, but, I mean, the scoring talent is there. James Noble, super athletic. I think he can potentially be all defense for LMU. He's another guy. Um, he, I think he's redshirting this year, so he will not be playing this year. But uh, once he comes back, I mean, I like the potential he has. And then that is it. <laughs> That is the end of the episode. I had Carlos Stewart, but I made a last-second change uh, to add him to the actual list, not honorable mention. But that is the end of the first episode. Um, I will be coming out with episodes every th- Wednesday or Thursday. It is. Um, every Thursday I'll be coming out with episodes. Um, just doing similar format to this, having a power rankings, quick notes on teams i won't be doing game by game analysis like this because it'll be two to three it'd be too long but i'll give quick notes on what i thought about teams during the week and during the power rankings and explain why i did that and then we'll i'll keep giving out uh recruiting news as i hear it and then i'll be doing my top 10 top five lifts uh list uh thank you for listening this has been the first episode of west coast roundup and have a good rest of your day